Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Ange, and you can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can also find us at bff.fm every Monday morning from 6 to 6.30 a.m. for that morning ass. I have a really exciting episode for you today. I'm interviewing the director, Ben Zeitlin, and the star, Devin France, of a new film, Wendy, which is uh, a reimagining of Peter Pan. Uh, You've never quite seen it this way. Um, And I was really excited because not only was this film beautiful, at, at times I forgot that I was watching Peter Pan just because... Um, if you've seen Beasts of the Southern Wild or know any of Ben's work, he has a very specific style and he just takes you to that place. It's very run and gun, handheld, 16 millimeter, really beautifully shot um, on location. There were no green screens. Everything was on location um, in the depths of the Caribbean. And it was just so beautiful, so beautifully shot and so thoughtful. So I was really excited to talk to both of them about the film's message, and especially our young star, Devin France, who uh, is the youngest star that we've had on Bitch Talk to date. She's 12 years old, so I was really excited to talk to them about about this film, and, and I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you on the other side. I'm here with, from the film Wendy, we have director and co-writer Ben Zeitlin, and our star, Devin France. Thank you guys so much for being here. Welcome to San Francisco. Thank you. How are you liking it? Have you have you been here before, Devin? No, I have been to at least 15 other states, but never California or San Francisco. So You've been I'm to 15 super, states? Like, yeah, I've been to like 15 plus states. Dang. Excuse me. I know. I was One of my questions was going to be like, Ben brought you to the Caribbean. He brought you to Mexico. There's How? a list. I could go... <laughs> Yeah, what are all the countries you went to in this film? Uh, well, the island of Montserrat was sort of the the main location of the film, um, mm-hmm. which is a volcanic island um, in the West Indies. And we were also in Antigua Barbuda, which are two neighboring islands there. And then we shot in Louisiana, just outside of New Orleans, and in uh, the cenotes in the Yucatan of Mexico. Amazing. Oh, my God. I love the cenotes. How was that? Could you believe that now you're not only an actress, but an international traveler? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> but you, Devin, did you always want to act? Or this is your first official role, but... Yes. Yeah? You always wanted to be an actress? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> I can remember going to bed at 8 and, you know, having my little timer set on my TV and being like, one day I'm going to be on TV, you know, watching Disney Channel or something. And, like... <laughs> I can remember if we had a family gathering or something, I'd always want to dance or do something like performing wise. So definitely yes. And I was always like, I'm going to be on the Hollywood Walk of Fame one day. <laughs> so That's awesome. And how did you meet Ben? How did this come about? Because I know you were auditioning. It was real grassroots style, right, Ben? You really wanted an authentic kid. You didn't want a professional actor for this role. Yeah, for sure. Well, I can remember I was in second grade. I don't remember when, but uh, they called us out for like a meeting or like, you know, presentation one day. And everyone was like, you know, super excited about it because we get to miss class for presentation. Yeah, anytime you get to miss class. I used to love fire drills for that reason. (laughs) Me too. I'm like, can you just wait? Come on, fire people. Just like get in traffic, please. (laughs) So, um... My good friend Nathan, who worked on the movie with us too, he um, he came to school and he came to our school and he was like, "Hey, we're looking for actors for our movie. If you want to try out, please get a flyer." And I was like, 
this is my chance. This is a sign from God himself. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so I took a flyer. I ran home. And I was like, Mommy, 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 take me to this now. Yeah. And so she took me to the audition. Your parents were cool. They were, they were cool with it. Oh, yeah. Okay. My mom was like, absolutely, kid. Let's go. Hop in the car right now. Mm -hmm. And so she took me to the audition, and I was really sweet. And then I showed, you know, my, my other, like, personality traits, I guess. <laughs> and then I kept... <laughs> Don't brush those under the rug. What are these traits we're talking about here? <laughs> like, then I just kept getting called back until eventually I got casted the role of Wendy, and I was like, oh. Where were you really when cool. you found out? I, be I bet you were just screaming through the roof. Actually, no, I was pretty, like, calm about it. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yay, that's fun. I was at my grandpa's house, and we were on the trampoline, me and my cousin Cade. Uh, we had, like, soap and water and stuff, and we were jumping around. And mom was like, Devin. As you do. And my mom was like, Devin, Cade, come here. And just showed me, and me, me and Cade were like, oh, cool. That's great. Let's go jump on the trampoline again. <laughs> yeah, you don't fully understand it at that age, right? Like, yeah. what it means. Honestly, I didn't even know because she said you had the leading role in the movie, and I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> what is leading me? I honestly thought, no joke, that we were going on a trip, and I was going to be like one of the leading people. I, I had no idea what this meant. <laughs> and were you a fan of Peter Pan before this? Did you know the story? Did you read the books? Um, I've watched the movie too many times to count. It's always mm. been one of my favorites. Uh, when I went to daycare, I'd watch like that and The Hunchback of Notre Dame on like repeat. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's pretty much the gist of it, yeah. And, and Ben, I'm gonna turn to you now. With this story of Peter Pan, it's always been something that's been close to your heart. You've always, you've always loved the story, but you also found faults with uh, the past iterations of it. So can you talk about how you decided to do this film and, and the issues that you had with it that you wanted to change this time around? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the sort of starting point, you know, I think that I think it was always a story that was really close for to me and my sister who I wrote the film with. Um, and I think that, you know, we were always so troubled uh, that how much we looked up to this character or how much he just haunted us, this idea of this kid, Peter, that just was ruled by mischief and fun and joy and for whom was was so wild and joyful that he could perform these magical things. And it always was this, uh, you know, you know, we loved him, but it, but uh, every time we experience a story, you know, you, you sort of go through watching this character of Wendy who uh, was always on the sidelines, you know, and, and the, really the film... Uh, and the book and every iteration of it kind of, you know, has this lesson in it um, that adventure is for little boys and little girls wait at home while the boys have their fun to come back. And then Wendy fixes their clothes and tucks them into bed and doesn't get to participate. And, you know, I think for, especially for my sister, it was like really hard to grow up sort of seeing, uh, you know, your story, the story that you most closely connected to with this character that just was really uh, derogatory towards females. Um, and I think that... Um, our starting point was just tearing that character straight out of the text and, you know, um, and we didn't want to just like give Wendy a sword and have her fight Captain Hook. It wasn't as simple as just like, okay, we'll just make her Peter Pan. We wanted to take what the character was about in the, in the historic text, which is like, she's kind of brought to be the mother. They're like, we need a mother. So we're going to bring this girl to take care of us. And we wanted to sort of flip this idea that motherhood makes you weak or makes you not a part of adventure and that, is a contradiction to freedom and then give motherhood this incredible power and this sort of like cosmic strength in this film mm -hmm. and, and make that 
sort of at the core of what makes Wendy so heroic is this form of motherhood that is in no way sacrifices um, all the sort of wildness and freedom that she um, wants to experience. Yeah, I, I, that really is my favorite part of the film. And that as, as somebody who grew up as the biggest tomboy, I mean, Devin, you seem like you probably like to get out there and play as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I really appreciated that, that, uh, that you see this woman, this young girl taking the lead, but still being true to herself, like you said. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to casting, We've already heard from Devin's perspective how it went, but um, tell us a little bit about how important it was not only to find the right Wendy, but to find the right Peter Pan, the right kids that were actually from the location that you were filming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so the, the cast all comes basically, you know, the story of the film is that, you know, I mean, the film is in mythic places, but, you know, it's shot uh, between Louisiana and these um, Caribbean islands. And so all the cast is from South Louisiana, um, and we basically did this big grassroots casting push, you sort of heard how it went for Devin, but basically we would go to every single school in these small bayou towns and all over Louisiana, um, trying to get kids to come out, um, you know, to audition for a film who just had never had an opportunity to do so before, you know, and for whom, you know, there isn't a lot of like arts education going on in a lot of these places. And there's so many incredibly talented kids who just haven't had a chance to necessarily like, flex those muscles or just believe that you know a a career in being an actor or even just being an actor for fun is is a possibility and so we're really looking for people that um are kind of outside the world of like thinking about being artists but who are talented Mm -hmm. um in those kind of ways um and we really wanted to find kids you know we knew we couldn't cast kids who were already like thinking about careers because that was the opposite of who these children are in the movie you know these are kids who for whom like mischief and adventure and fun and danger Mm -hmm. like that's that's the ultimate you know uh life for them and and i feel like that's a quality that you can really see in somebody's eyes when you meet them especially a kid when they have this like twinkle in their eye that lets you know like this kid is dangerous you know like (laughs) this kid could do anything at any moment yeah (laughs) and so we really wanted to find that and and that was kind of a starting point for everybody that we cast even Mm -hmm. the adults honestly um and then for Peter, who sort of comes from Neverland to, to find these kids and then bring them to his home, um, we cast him in Antigua and um, Yashua Mack, who plays the role, um, grew up in uh, in a Rastafari community in Antigua um, that, uh, you know, you know his, his sort of daily life um, was like with a pack of like 20 kids who just for whom like the forest and the stream and, and their, uh, their fields and like mud slides is the playground, you know, and they were just, um, him and that whole group were, were so, um, kind of like fluent and just, you know, the way that the way that they kind of experienced, um, nature was really, uh, was really inspiring. And, and, um, you know, and, and I thought, and, and because the film takes place really all outside of, there's no civilization in the movie, there's no toys, there's no structures, there's no Mm -hmm. technology. Um, you know, he became like a real leader for our whole cast, kind of learning how to, uh, you know, go to these wild islands, uh, or, or, you know, off the grid, um, and, and sort of play and navigate it. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, that's what, there's so much authenticity to this film and the kids in in the, in the way that they're playing and interacting with each other. And so the script was kind of ever changing. Right. And you would like, Devin, did you have any input at times and say like, Oh, I I wouldn't really say that. Or, or how did you feel with the script and, and, uh, relating to your character? Oh, absolutely. Um, all the kids kind of helped Ben put the script together by their personalities, I think, Mm -hmm. because, um, ben would do something like just 
improvise, you know, like there was a scene in the movie where we had to tell stories and um, Sweet Heavy was telling something about eating blood sandwiches and <laughs> Ben liked that and he was kind of just improvising, you know, mm-hmm. a scary story and Ben mm-hmm. liked it so much he put it into the script. So I think that definitely, um, yes, we did have kind of like a say in the script mm-hmm. and if Ben was like, do you want to change that D, how would you word that? And I'd be like, um, what about you use this word? And he'd be like, mm, I don't like that. What else would you say, you know? So we'd kind of work together to get something that would um, sound nice and roll easily for the character. Mm-hmm. So yes, I would say that. Um, yeah. And while that was done, you know, we spent a huge amount of time. We cast all the kids when they were really too young to play the roles. You know, Yashua was cast when he was five years old. Devin was seven, and we knew and we knew we were going to need to take as much time as we needed to get the kids ready to play these roles. And so a lot of the work that Devin's referring to wasn't actually while we were filming the movie. It was like we would just go on camping trips and we would like go visit Yashua um, in, in his, uh, you know, in his camp. And we would have those kids take our kids out to play. And mm-hmm. the whole time, you know, I'm like charging behind them, <laughs> trying to like take notes and not trip over a yeah. vine, fall in the water. And like, so a lot of this stuff was almost like research that we just did by letting the kids have experiences and adventures similar to the ones that we were gonna shoot in the movie and sort of see what came out of it and then try to translate that into the script. Yeah. Yeah, Ben had this little notebook he'd write stuff in, <laughs> and me and Joshua always saw him writing in it, so we called it his girlfriend diary, <laughs> and we used to say that he was finding girls in the Caribbean and writing down their numbers. What? You it's are not, Wendy. This not is so, true. How not appropriate. True. It's so true. It is his girlfriend and they destroyed, diary. they destroyed it. They, uh, no, Yashi destroyed it. Yashi they was, both blame each other. They threw all, all of my notes, notes from the whole film in the river. Girlfriend diary. Afterwards? Storyboards, girlfriend diary. Well, you got you got rid of it after the film, no, or while you did. were still. Middle, I, I just saw. I was just a witness, and then I told. Well, I'm not a tattletale, but I told. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you either damaged it yourself, or you were a tattletale. Which one is it? They, he Both. tells the exact opposite <laughs> story. By it the way. was Yashua. He was like, Devin, come here," and I was like, "Okay, Yashi." And then he told. He was like. I suspect it was a collaboration. Usually that's It was not a collaboration. (laughs) It was Yashi. I just saw. I like this girlfriend diaries though. Maybe that could be your next film, Ben. The girlfriend (laughs) diary? This is the opposite. This is the opposite of what uh, I was writing in that notebook. It was definitely a girlfriend diary. (laughs) A little bit of both. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's beautiful women everywhere to meet. Um, Absolutely. But one thing that I did read uh, in regards to the script is uh, specifically with the Peter Pan character, you realize like we're trying to make all these big monologues and but really with kids, all they want to do is play. So you really took a lot of that dialogue out and just let them be wild. Yeah, that was something that I realized exactly on these trips, you know, especially when it was a pack of kids, you know, Mm -hmm. there was no stopping to have a conversation, you know, like that wasn't part of the of the of the culture of, of play. You know, you realize that every single kid was just trying to figure out how to like have more fun and take it to the next level and find the new adventure. And it was Mm -hmm. like one game was turning into the next and was turning into the next. There was never like a stop. And so when we first read the script, yeah, Peter was really philosophical, you know, and he would sort of make these big declarations and these big speeches. And uh, when I started working with Yash, he would get so bored, you know, trying to learn this stuff. And then when he would perform it, he just was annoyed at having to memorize so many words. And then as I started to get to know how he played it, that all made sense. And I realized that I needed to kind of strip away a lot of that text, let him sort of 
be himself and use his actions and his, um, you know, um, and his, his face and his, and his emotions to, to communicate um, more than necessarily making speeches. Yeah, and, and then the few times that he does speak, it's something really powerful. So yeah. it means a lot more when he does exactly. speak. Exactly, like if you're gonna stop and talk, and, and that is true with him also, you know, like sometimes it's like, you see he gets upset and I would say, okay, we're gonna like step aside and we're gonna have a talk. And like, those are the times when he really opens up. And so, but it's rare, you know, it has to be really important. And so for him, you know, if you're gonna stop and you're gonna feel hard feelings, you know, that that's a very special occasion for him. And, and so we wanted, mm -hmm. we brought that idea into the film. Yeah, yeah. So Devin, this sounds like it was really fun. Like you're running around, you're playing, you're getting dirty, you're running around. Was it fun? Tell me about your experience. Oh and I, I'm sure there had to be some hardships there. It was so much fun. Um, there was hard days, like um, the Hell's Gate shoot was really hard hmm. um, because there was rocks everywhere. You know, um, there was um, <clears throat> things that you would step on and hurt your feet. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And it was just a hard day because, you know, um, all the rocks and stuff. And it's sort of volca volcanic, right? Yes. And those are really sharp. And so um, it was really fun. But it had a price, you know, you had to be careful, mm -hmm. but you had to, you know, just go wild. Like the, the, <laughs> in the scene where we're all in the mudslide, yes. uh, we were all having fun until Ahmad got ants in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> and that was... That was a cut. That was a wrap. Bad. <laughs> but um, the cave day was probably one of the hardest days, but one of the most fun days. Mm. I don't know if they left the shot in the movie or not, but there was a scene where I had to get sucked through this little tube while I'm underwater. So I had to think about a million things, not to hit my head on the top, not to cut myself on the sharp rocks that I was about to go through, where to place my hands so I don't get cut, and to look like I'm acting and show something in my face while I'm doing it. So something I said yesterday is one of the main things when you're doing an underwater shoot is to be careful of everything on your body from head to toe and to make sure that you're acting and not just doing it not reacting to being yes. scared or so when yeah. you're doing something you just have to go for it and so that's probably the thing about playing in um playing in the movie is it was really fun and you know you had like scenes that were just like crazy fun and you know didn't have any danger at all but you also had to be aware of your surroundings so I had a lot of fun because we had an amazing stunt team and they kept us safe at all times. So you didn't really have to worry about that much. Cool. Yeah, well, that brings me to the locations. Ben, I have to say, you must be some sort of masochist because you do everything the hard way, but you know, at, at a price, you know, you come out with this beautiful film, but there were, all the locations were real. Yeah. You scouted this main location on the island. It was only, you can only get there by boat. I heard you had to sort of zip line lunches down for the crew. Um, tell me about filming, not only in the middle of nowhere, with a crew, with young kids, and also trying to keep everyone safe. Um, it was an incredible challenge, and really every single day was like its own you know, it was its own like exploration with a million unpredictable variables and no two locations were the same, but you know, we were, you know, and, and also just nothing like this had been done in this region before, you know, a film on this scale. Um, and so everything had to be brought into the island and, and there were places that we, you know, I scouted a lot of the film um, with these, you know, incredibly agile hikers who are, who are sort of goat hunters who, who sort of go <laughs> off into the, um, half, you know, half of the island, two thirds of the island is a volcanic exclusion zone where you're 
technically not allowed to be and they go out there sort of catch animals and herd them back into civilization that's how i found a lot of these places and so you know when you're going there with three people and a backpack it's one thing to bring a film crew to these places safely was like a whole world building operation so we were building roads we were building staircases through the cliffs you know and but still having to be safe and not damage the nature and yeah keeping mindful of that yeah absolutely you know and we were working very closely with um the naturalists on the island a lot of our sort of set design because we didn't want to construct anything you know there was no structures built so a lot of the way that we were sort of working with things was had to do with how we were um interacting with nature and so our greens team was like harvesting plants on one side of the island bringing them to another and a lot of the shaping of the environments was done sort of in collaboration with um these these hunters who are also you know uh, sort of run the botanical gardens on the island and naturalists who sort Mm -hmm. of would help us kind of sculpt these landscapes but um you know, it was like a true adventure and expedition, and it was a different one every day, depending on what natural force we were up against. It was like sand tornadoes and, you know, uh, right. <laughs> rough seas, and just every day, whatever plan you had, like nature would just crush it. And then you were improvising and, and trying to figure out how to kind of like tell the story in, in a way that uh, you could do going up against the forces of nature that we were encountering. Right, an ever-changing set. So, Devin, do you have any experiences of, like, crazy bugs or wildlife or, or being out there in nature like that? Um, Other than the ants in the pants. The that was pretty good. The crazy thing is that <laughs> has no predators on it. It's one of the most unusual things about it. So really? you can be in, like, the depths of the rainforest and just see, like, a pack of 100 wild chickens because nothing eats those chickens. And so one of the cool things about it is actually you can be deep in the jungle where you would think would be like a terrifying natural, you know, uh, experience. And there's actually no sort of predatory threats, you know, or Mm -hmm. poisonous snakes or insects, anything like that. So Louisiana was actually more dangerous. Like that's where we had to deal with poisonous (laughs) snakes. Being home is more dangerous. (laughs) um, So it was interesting that, that you could do that and not, you know, not worry about that at least, you know, you worry about tripping and falling and other things, you know, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but not like getting eaten alive or anything like that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, do you, did you think of something? Uh, well, I can remember it wasn't like dangerous, but it was an animal that could be dangerous if provoked. We were on a boat one day, me and Ahmad, and we were looking off at sea, and we saw a stingray jump out the water and do that little like fly thing. Oh, you know? cool! And it was really close to us. Yeah, like, boat, it like jumped like right in front of our face, and we were like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "Did you just see that stingray fly, Ma?" And he was like, "You saw that too." <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I want to know, Devin, I'm really interested. So this film is about not wanting to grow up, uh, trying to stay young. What has this taught you as you're 12 now, right? What has this taught you about growing up and and how are you going to take the lessons of this story? Um, There's a certain therapeutacy from the movie, I think. Um, So I think the thing that I learned the most from it is that you can go your life without having to be afraid of growing up because um, the people that I've met along the way, you know, they still have fun. They they party all night, you know, the people that I've worked with. <laughs> well, not Ben, not Ben. No. We're thinking of the Girlfriend no. Diaries. We don't want to ruin his image here. Uh, one of the people who plays an old in the movie, Catherine, she's one of my really good friends. Uh, she still goes out and parties all the time, and I think <laughs> that shows... I need Catherine's number. She sounds like a hoot. <laughs> and I think that taught me that, you know, even if you're older than when you were at 
you know, in your childhood, it doesn't mean that your life is over because it's just a new chapter in your life that you're going to have a new story to write, you know? Like, I was a kid who wanted to be a barber when I was younger, but now I want to be a oceanologist in my 20s, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of how I'm viewing it. And you get to have, like, you know, you have responsibilities, but you also get to watch your children grow and that's something that I think my mom in the movie taught me you know Miss Angela Darling so that would probably be the biggest thing that I've learned from the movie I love it well said (laughs) and Ben this has been a seven eight year adventure for you and it is about growing up you've grown with this film as well Mm -hmm. and watching these kids blossom from not being actors teaching them how to act filming this film and now going on tour with them like what's it like to kind of face your own (laughs) aging and watching them blossom as well. You know, I mean, I think the part of the mission of the movie and and part of the beauty of doing it is just like, I learned so much from these kids, you know, and, and, and going on an adventure like this with a pack of kids like this who are so wild, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it forces you to, to not lose sight of that, you know, and, and being, uh, being at the head of a film production, like being in charge of like 120 something people, you know, under the pressure of time and all those things, like these are the exact things that can kind of make you lose sight of uh, why you set out to make films in the first place, which is about the joy and about the adventure and about creating this magic and just like creating this euphoria and ecstasy that 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 you get out of being in a film. But like, you know, the pressure can really break that in you. And, and it was so amazing to have these kids that just would not permit that like if the set was not fun there was no acting gonna happen it was like no one was gonna come and be able to do their job well unless they could show up and see that i was gonna have fun with them and and, and it always reminded me uh to, to keep that connection to sort of just like being young at heart and that spirit and that um wildness that these kids had so naturally you know it just it always kept me grounded in sort of those things and it, and it allowed me to never sort of get crushed by the pressure of um, what is my grown-up job, I guess, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and to continue to do it with um, with joy and wonder. I love that, yeah. And it makes me want to go outside and play and remember my connection to nature. It's a sunny day in San Francisco. Like, let's go, let's go to the park, let's go to a hike. And um, it's just funny because if this film was made today for kids today that want to stay young, they would just be sitting there on their phones. That yeah. was what the B-roll would be. Yeah. But uh, so I hope that this film does remind people, like, go outside, play, don't forget this part of you and don't forget that connection. So yeah. thank you guys so much for talking with me. This has been really fun. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you. That was my interview with Ben Zeitlin and Devin France of Wendy. And uh, I have Aaron now with me in the studio. Hello. I'm really sad that you weren't there with me because we had we had a lot of fun and we had a, we had a lot of time. Normally we only get about 10 minutes for these things. Yeah, I heard you ran long. You know what? I didn't say bitch talk. There were two times ever in bitch talk history <laughs> oh, yeah. that I uh, that I didn't say bitch talk, and it was because of Devin France because she was so young, and then it was the writer of First Reformed, oh. who, who also oh, wrote yeah. Taxi Driver, yes. and his name is Paul Schrader. I still haven't listened to that interview because I just I can't, I don't know why I just don't want to listen to it. Thanks, because I just like at the end. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. So, anyways, this was the only the second time that I did not 
say the name of our podcast as I walked in or as I did the intro, just out of respect. Her dad was there. You know, I just wanted to be respectful. That's so nice of you. You're so thoughtful. Well, you're a thoughtful bitch. I noticed that um, our our connection, our PR person for this also didn't say bitch talk. She's like, and now we have someone from a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) As I walked in. Andre, it's it's cool, man. Ange, uh, Ange followed your lead. Yeah, so I was like, "That's so fine. thank you." I totally get it. Um, but it, it was funny because before we did the interview, Devin was like, "Is this one going to be fun with fun questions?" Aww. You know, imagine being twelve. Did and, she and ask to you go. that? Yes. Oh, directly before okay. we started recording. She just wasn't saying it, and then you heard it. No, okay, no, no. It. She okay. said that like directly to me, and I was like, "That's what I'm here for. We're Aww. here just to have fun." So, if, if did you, you sneak her a little whiskey, or I wish. Are you <laughs> just kidding? kidding? It was a beautiful. No, I wish. Sorry, yeah. but <laughs> no, I wish we could have all hung out because it was yeah. really fun, and um, so that's why if, you know after you listen to the interview, I really focused on just like chatting with her and just kind of having a fun chat with yeah. her also because we don't have kids on the show we don't so I, I think it's really interesting to hear from a kid's perspective and she gives a really beautiful answer at the end of like the lessons she's learned and like her thoughts on growing up so mm. it was really touching Good. yeah yeah I'm really happy you were able to see this film because I really wanted to see it and, mm-hmm. it, I, it, and it was at Sundance and we missed it there too it was mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah well we missed it so thank you um, but a- another thing is the relationship with uh, ben and Devin was really sweet. We had a few minutes. Because Ben's like our age, right? He's Ish. our age. And, and he talks about, like, the reason why he's always been obsessed with Peter Pan is because he grew up as Peter Pan. He didn't want to grow up. He's a filmmaker right. in the South or in New York, you know, from New York. And just just playing around, messing around with his friends and making these low-budget films. Yeah. And then when Beast of the Stone Wild comes and makes this huge hit, he's like, whoa. Yeah, oops. But I'm, gonna, I'm still going to do things my way. Yeah. Which is exactly, you know, a lot of people didn't know what to expect for his second yeah. his follow-up. I was wondering what he was going to do because I, I don't know, I don't think you've seen it just yet, Beast mm-hmm. of the Southern Wild, but when I saw it whenever that came out, 2012, I think, or 13, it was something that I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was excited to see that he was putting out another film. And when I watched the trailer, I'm like, wow, he he took his time and he's still doing it the way he wants to do, which mm-hmm. is refreshing. So mm-hmm. yeah, and that's the thing. Like he is in essence that spirit of Peter Pan. Like not quite wanting to grow up. And if you do it right, you don't really have to. No, you know, you can you still don't. do the things you love. You can still have fun. Um, an- another big aspect of of this film is obviously nature. And Mother Nature, mm-hmm. they have this um, mother essence mm-hmm. um, that the kids, you know, sort of have a mutual respect and understanding with. And um, I think that that's a really beautiful message, too, with, you know, obviously global warming and what's happening mm-hmm. today. I don't know if you guys heard, but this is the first time since. Uh, so San Francisco has recorded zero inches of rain in February. And this is the first yep. time since 1864 yep. that that's ever happened. Yep. Not one drop of rain. So um, yep. Yep. just the nature aspect of, of this film and, and sort of respecting Mother Nature and, and the reciprocation of that relationship mm-hmm. uh, is a really important message, too. So, mm. yeah, I loved it. it I, yeah, I, I told the publicist that I'm like, I know I'm not going to be able to catch it at all. So I'm just we're going to me and my fiance and whoever else wants to go. I'm going to pay for it. I really want to see it on the big screen, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah, his films are meant to yeah. be seen on a really big. Screen. And he's somebody you want to. He's somebody you want to support. Totally. Too. Yep. I love the way he's doing it. He's doing it his way. Yep. 
I hope you enjoyed my interview with Ben and Devin. And don't forget to go to bitchtalkpodcast.com and every Monday morning from 6 to 6.30 a.m. to bff.fm. We're powered by GoTo Productions. Bitch, please. <laughs>